Yeah. Yeah, what a time to be in church. Hey, what a, what a time to what a time it is to be in church right now. It's amazing. I continue to be amazed by what the Lord is saying to us each week. I really am. Are you? He's always got something new to say to us, and it's always, always edifying. It's always building us up. It's always encouraging us. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Some might be aware, but uh, I get an email from Gene about every week. Actually, it is every week, absolutely, sometimes twice a week. <laughs> sometimes twice a week, God bless her, with the prophetic words that have been given to us in the service. And every week I'm amazed because I get to see the thread that actually connects it all together. Isn't that wonderful? used to be a show in the 80s called The A-Team where the, the head guy would say, I love it when a plan comes together. Remember that show? I love it when a plan comes together. I love it when God has a common thread, the, the, the word that's spoken through so many different people, uh, the, the word that's coming through the worship, the word that's coming through prophetic, the word that's coming through the word. It all connects. God has a message for us. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Actually, I'd like to publicly acknowledge Jean this morning for doing that, for her dedication to this. It's all voluntary. And she's actually our modern-day scribe right here in our church. Capturing what God is saying to us in this moment in time. It's beautiful. And because of her faithfulness to this task, I was, task, I was able to review and synthesize what was being said last week. We had quite a few prophetic words last week. And uh, I actually believe it comes down to uh, what the title of my message is today, which is Stop, Yield, and Go. Stop, Yield, and Go. Red light, yellow light, green light, in that order. Right? But the important one to pay attention is the one I want to focus on today, which is yellow light, yield. Yield. Everyone loves to yield, right? Right? You love to yield. I've been driving, I've been driving since I was 60. The moment I could get my license in Quebec, I got it right away, 16 years old. And the one thing that I have noticed in all these years of driving is on the road that, you know, when a yellow light comes up, what are you supposed to do? Do you remember in driving lessons? What are you supposed to do when a yellow light comes up? This is exactly why we have so many accidents today, because nobody could give me a clear response. You're supposed to slow down, because there's going to be traffic. I mean, the lights going to be turning red. You're going to have to be, be prepared to stop, is what you're supposed to do, right? But what happens when a yellow light comes up? You speed up. Oh, I got to get through that light. I got to get to Walmart. You know, there's no reason why you need to speed up. It's not going to add another 30 seconds to your travel time, but most people speed up to get through the yellow light, right? Another thing that I've noticed, which is really irritating, I've noticed this happens more in Peterborough than anywhere else. Say you're traveling down Monaghan Road, going down, nice clear road, no stop signs, you're going down, all of a sudden a car pulls up on Rose Avenue, wants to intersect, it's coming in, and it sees that you're coming, what do they do? They speed up and cut in front of you. They cut right in front of you, and then do they go faster than you? No, they slow down. What is up with that? So annoying. And I, don't even get me started on, on roundabouts. That's a whole... The UK has had them for probably a century, and we, we still can't understand them after a couple of... How many do we have here now? Two? And uh, people still don't understand how you have to yield in a roundabout. Yielding is a difficult thing to do, isn't it? Anyways, so what, I, what was the common thread from the prophetic we, we have received? I believe today we are being called to yield to the Holy Spirit. Here's some of the highlights from the words last week that I, I captured from, from Gene's email. Okay, here's the one. I created a place in your heart. I reserved a place in your heart, and I want to come today and make use of my reservation. I want to come in. I want to come into your place, come into your heart, and make myself at home. 
you have to be invited into a home, though, right? To be to make yourself comfortable, you have to, the person has to be invited in. They have to be welcomed to. You have to yield your house to the person coming in. The things that you that here's another one. The things that you do uh, will not be of your natural being, but will be because you are being compelled by the Spirit of the Living God. Here's another one. What does it take to fill me in your heart? It's surrender. It's about surrendering your all to me. There's, no, there's another one. There's no need for the protection of the box or the walls. When the love of God comes in, he becomes our protection. He's all that we need. And the last one, how much do you want God? I just pulled this one sentence out of it. How much do you want God? How much do you want him? So I believe that all the words talk to the condition of us yielding to God, allowing him to do what he wants to do in us and through us. Amen. We're, did you know that? Did you know that we're living in the era of the Holy Spirit? Right. I'm not just saying that the past month or the past weeks have been the era of the Holy. I'm actually saying since Jesus ascended on high, we are now living in the age of the Holy Spirit. At the end of His ministry, Jesus said that He would send the Holy Spirit to lead us into the truth, and the truth that He came to reveal. In John 7:38, Jesus was speaking of the Holy Spirit when He said, "He that believes in Me," as the Scripture said. Out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Wow. Rivers. Not just one either. Rivers of living water. The Holy Spirit has come and is releasing life-giving waters that lie deep within us. Deep within us, but only to those that yield to him. Right? We think uh, a certain way about the Holy Spirit sometimes as Christians, and that, that happens in a church like this where the Holy Spirit is free to do what he wants to do. But we think that, you know, Holy Spirit is only just relegated to speaking in tongues, to prophecy, uh, to falling flat on your face, right? <laughs> these, are the, these are what we think of when we think of the Holy Spirit. And that's a lot of ways a lot of people judge us as well, too. They think that's all it is. Uh, but an important thing that the Holy Spirit does is actually he opens your eyes to see life from his perspective and not your own. That's, that's one of the biggest things that the Holy Spirit does. And uh, you'll find that when you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, your priorities also tend to change. Have you noticed that? If you've yielded yourself to the Holy Spirit, you're going to, say, you're going to find out that the things that were once important to you actually are not that, much, that, that, that important to you anymore. Your focus changes because you see life from His perspective and not your own. It's amazing. So what does it mean to yield? To yield is to give something up or to give way to someone or something. So how do you yield to the Holy Spirit? How do you do that? Well, you yield to the Spirit when you accept His will and submit to His authority, right? And the Bible certainly talks about it a lot. There's scripture about walking in the Spirit. We've all heard that, walking in the Spirit, following His lead and living in cooperation with His plan. We also know about being filled with the Spirit, which takes many forms. What it comes down to is being fully surrendered to Him, fully, and functioning in His power and freedom. Both walking and being filled with the Spirit means you have to yield to His control. How many of us are prepared to do that? Sign me up. I love it. Yes, sign me up for that. I want to be first in line. Stop what you're doing, yield to His control, and go and walk in His power. That's what I want to do. And function, actually function in the Holy Spirit. Doesn't that sound wonderful? If you don't think so, well, I hope you'll change your mind by the end of this. Amen. So Pastor Jan actually said something 
recently, which really hits home in this context, is she said that, I no longer want to see the church having playtime with the Holy Spirit. I like that. I don't want to see the church having playtime with the Holy Spirit. This isn't, uh, you know, a, a play date with the Holy Spirit, right? It, it, what does that mean? It means that coming here and just being filled with the Holy Spirit to have a good time. That's not why the Holy Spirit is with us. Is the Holy Spirit fun? Does he, does he let you have a good time? Yeah, absolutely. But that's not the reason why he's here. That's not why we're in the age of the Holy Spirit. Does that mean that I want to shut things down? That I want to see people all, all flat and, and not filled with the Holy No, not at all. That's not what I mean whatsoever. I want to see God move in powerful ways. I actually think that he's going to move in more ways than we can even imagine right now as well, too. I think he wants to take our conceptions of who he is, and he wants to just throw them out the door and do something else. Here's something funny. Pastor Morris, he was so against people getting gold teeth. <laughs> And it doesn't make sense. There's nothing in the Bible that talks about getting gold teeth. There's nothing. There's nothing. It doesn't even make sense. But we had a Holy Spirit meeting, and he walked away with how many gold teeth? Like five? Four. Four gold teeth. He couldn't explain it, but he knows it was God. He knew it was a move of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to challenge us because we never know who God is. God is continually revealing himself to us. We don't, have, we don't have a complete understanding. We only know in part. He wants to reveal himself to us. That's what he wants. So here's the thesis of what I'm getting at. There's a big difference between being filled with the Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit. Two different things. As was mentioned in the prophetic word last week, you can have as much or as little of God as you want. I love that. I say that all the time too. You can have as much or as little as you want. He's not going to force you to, to take a double portion. He wants you to take it for yourself. Right? You can have as much or as little as you want, and that includes the Holy Spirit. So, what does yielding to the Holy Spirit look like? Yielding to the Holy Spirit looks like giving up your ideas, giving up your understandings, giving up your philosophies, giving up your political affiliations, giving up everything that you think what God is. Giving up everything and focusing on Him and letting Him change you. It's putting yourself in His hand. I got an illustration. Let me, I'm going to do an illustration. I didn't test drive this, but well, <laughs> if it totally fails, don't worry. It's a good word anyway. So I'm come up here for a sec. I know he's always willing to do this kind of stuff. Yeah. Can you hold those two cups? Those two different hands. Don't worry. If we get water in the floor, Brian will clean it up. Right, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have to come, we, we come to him with an empty cup. That's what we do. We come to him with an empty cup, and he wants to fill it up, right? Remember the song, running over, run. My only one that did that, we didn't do that much, running over. My cup is full and running over. Since the Lord saved me, I'm as happy as can be. My cup is full and running over. All right, well, let's, let's, let's fill the cups to running over, all right? Let's do that. All right, here's some water. Yeah, there's one, and we're, we're, you can, may not be able to see that from here, but it's right, right up to the brim. I'm not going to run it over because I don't want to get too much water on the floor. All right. Hey, there's more. Guess what? There's more. That's not it. There's more. All right. We're filling it right up. And guess what? There's more than this even. There's even more. <laughs> 
I was about to go chug, chug, but that's not right for the church. We're not going to do that. All right, so he's got two cups. They're full of water. He's got two cups. And guess what? There's even more, right? But here's the thing. You're holding on to these cups, right? You're holding out these cups of water. Uh, he's got two hands full. But let me see. There's, there's other things that come up in life, though, right? All the time. So here, I want you to also, can you hold on to this checkbook for me as well, too? Okay, that's good. Hold on to that checkbook. Uh, no, you can only use your hands. You can only use your hands. Okay, I want you to uh, hold on to, what else do I have here? Yeah, hold on to my phone. Try and take a selfie as well, too. Okay. You hold on to this lottery ticket, too. All right. Work is really hard as well, too. Uh, I want you to hold on to this business agenda for me as well, if you can. Oh, oh it's not working out so good, is it? It's not working out so good. Are you really <laughs> <laughs> You're getting so getting wet. Here's the thing. It's really hard to hold on to anything else aside from the Holy Spirit. You've got to grab onto the Holy Spirit with both hands. You can't have one hand holding all these other nonsense, holding all these other things in life, and holding on to the Holy Spirit as much as you can as well, too. You have to have both hands on. It's so much easier to hold it with just, just those two things, right? That's so much easier. You're not spilling it everywhere either, although you can be running over, but it's so much easier for it to do that when you're holding it with two hands, right? You can drink that. You have to see it if you want. I'll take one. All right. Yeah, give a big hand for Evan. Thank you, Evan. It's a lot easier to grasp onto a cup with two hands, right? Even when you have a cup of tea, it's got a handle, but it's a lot easier to have two hands available to you when you're drinking it, right? Two hands. You need to have both your hands especially when it's running over. But you can't grasp onto something with two hands if your other hand is grasped onto something of this world. Right? You have to have that focus. You have to give God complete control. You have to surrender complete control to the Holy Spirit. All right? Which actually brings me to my verse today, uh, which is Romans 6 and 13. All right. Do not offer any part, say any part, don't offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer or yielding yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part, say every part, every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. Every part. So you can't be grasping at other things. It's every part. It's pretty clear. He doesn't want you to be grasping at other things. It's solely to him. Offer every part. Surrender every part. Yield every part to the Holy Spirit. Again, you can have as much or as little of the Holy Spirit as you want. This might be a, a bit hard to understand, but there are different levels of relationship with the Holy Spirit too. Right? I think we tend to think as Christians that once you have the, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's it. Right? We, it's true. We, even when we think about evangelism, we're like, okay, did you give your heart to Jesus? Yes. Check. Okay, have you been baptized? Yes. Check. Have you had the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Yes. Check. Good. Here's your certificate. You're good to go. Right? That's not it. There's so much more than that. There's so much more. Way, 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 way much more than that. That's just our feeble mind and intellect trying to organize and compartmentalize the Holy Spirit. And that's not what He likes to do. Holy Spirit does not want to be compartmentalized whatsoever. 
was actually supposed to be a living relationship is what we're supposed to have with the Holy Spirit. It's supposed to be a living relationship and not something that's relegated to a check mark that we've received once. Right? It's a living relationship. We are living in the age of the Holy Spirit. The age. The fact that the Holy Spirit is on earth today gives every person the potential of a personal relationship with Him. Here's the good news. He's available to all of us. But here's the bad news. His availability does not mean that there is automatically a relationship with Him either. There has to be a yielding. So what's the key element for any relationship? A lot of relationship experts here today. That's fantastic. (laughs) The key elements for a relationship are service, service, and surrender. Service, surrender, and even sacrifice as well too, some people will say. Offer every part of yourself to Him. The Lord said to us last week, what does it take to fill me in your heart? It's surrender. It's about surrendering your all to me. Surrender. I don't know about you, but this is something that I concern myself with quite a bit. I often ask myself, you know, Lord, what part of me is not surrendered to you? I think it's a healthy question to ask, to be honest with you, but it concerns me because, like, Lord, what, what is it? What, what, what am I, what's in me that's not surrendered to you because I need to give it up to you? For you to, to have a relationship with me, for us, for our relationship to go to the next level, I have to surrender every part of myself to you. That's what it says in the Bible. i got to follow it. Every part of myself has to be surrendered to you. If there is something in me that is not surrendered to you, reveal it to me because it has to be. It has to be put at your throne. Amen? You got to. You have to. What part of me is not yet yielded? What is stalling my relationship with you, Holy Spirit? These are all questions that I think we all need to ask. Again, I don't want to have a play date with the Holy Spirit. I want to have a relationship with Him. That's what I want. I want my relationship to move beyond just being with the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit to actually indwell within me. Indwell. We talk about that a lot in church as well, too. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that this is actually a type of relationship that you can have with the Holy Spirit too? The indwelling of the Holy Spirit? That's a relation. That's a type of relationship you can have with Him. We obviously can have the Holy Spirit with us. He's with us here this morning. I can feel His Holy Spirit this morning. Can you? You can feel the Holy Spirit. When He's moving, you know it. You know it. If you're yielded to it, by the way, you can come in here and not feel anything as well too. But if you're yielded to the Holy Spirit, you're going to know He's here. Amen? You're going to know he's here. <clears throat> but the amazing thing is that he is not relegated also to this building. Right? The Holy Spirit, yeah, you can come in here and feel the Holy Spirit, but he's not only in this place. There'd be no point to Jesus if he was only relegated to this place. This would just be another temple. No, the Holy Spirit is within us. His dwelling place is within us. Indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He can be with us at all times. He can indwell within us. Actually, Ezekiel spoke prophetically about this uh, relationship. In Ezekiel 36 to 26, it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. New spirit. A new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So what does this say about what the Holy Spirit actually wants? What does the Holy Spirit actually want? 
desire of the Holy Spirit as described here in Ezekiel is to make us, God's creation, His dwelling place. His dwelling place. With a few, you know, He wants us to be His dwelling place, but there has to be a pre- some pretty good upgrades and renovations done within us first. Right? He needs to remove that stony heart of yours and needs to replace it with a heart of flesh. Heart that is tender and sensitive toward Him. And this tender-hearted person would be alive to the Spirit, able to commune with God and enjoy His presence. The Holy Spirit is only going to come upon you if, if, if He's welcome, if He's welcome in the house, right? The door has to be open to allow Him to come in. If the door is shut, well, He's not going to come in. He's not going to feel welcome, right? You have to be able to enjoy His presence. Is this complete in us? I wonder sometimes, is it complete within us? Is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit complete within us? Is God taking up permanent residence within us, in our bodies? That's just wild because in the Old Testament, we see that the Spirit would come and go from His people, right? In the Old Testament, we saw that the Holy Spirit would come, and then He would also leave. He'd be going back, coming and going all the time. He would not necessarily remain with them. But hallelujah, Jesus revealed to His, to his disciples the new role of the Holy Spirit that the Spirit of truth would play in our lives. And he said that the Holy Spirit lives with you and will be in you. Permanent residence. Not temporary, not just, not just uh, you know, vacationing, coming to see you once in a while. No, permanent residence within you. Paul also wrote, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? In you, whom you have received from God. You are not joined, you are bought with a price. How many people are, feel really uh, <laughs> happy that, that God paid more than market value for this dwelling place? He has. Why? Because He wants to take residence within you. He's chosen His dwelling place. It's you. He'll pay, he paid the ultimate price for it, well above market value. The fact that the believer's body is likened to a temple where the Holy Spirit lives helps us understand what the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is all about. When we see the word temple used in Scripture, it's usually talking about the Holy of Holies, right? Where we actually, we was talked about this morning in another prophetic word this morning about the Holy of Holies, right? The inner sanctum in the Old Testament tabernacle structure where God's presence would appear in a cloud, right? He would appear in a cloud and meet the high priest who came once a year into that Holy of Holies behind a giant curtain. Imagine a curtain probably twice as tall as that and twice as three times as thick as that was the Holy of Holies where the priest would enter once a year, offer a sacrifice on the mercy seat of uh, the Ark of the Covenant and pray for the, the, uh, the atonement of the, the sins of the people and himself. And they did that once a year. Can you imagine what that would have been like as a high priest walking into the Holy of Holies and seeing a cloud of God coming down? It's like, it's like cinematic when you think about it, right? Man, what, there must, the priest must have been, uh, in one sense, you know, happy that he was able to uh, have God forgive the sins for that one year, but also a terror, seeing the fear of the real fear of the Lord, seeing the presence of God come into that place. Imagine what that would have been like. And then when Jesus died on the cross, what happened to that curtain? Torn right in half. Imagine seeing these curtains just torn in a straight line right through, and that cloud, that Holy Spirit coming into his people. Wow. That's amazing. Think about that. The Holy Spirit coming then into His people, out of the Holy of Holies and into His 
permanent dwelling place. It's amazing. Things change with Jesus. We've become the inner sanctum of God. And what you think about it is just crazy. We are the inner sanctum of God, and His Holy Spirit is within us. We have been sanctified and forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. We have become the holy habitation. Holy habitation. (laughs) We've become His holy habitation of the Holy Spirit of God. When we yield to God, our hearts of stone become hearts of flesh. When we yield, things happen and things change. How many people have experienced that? You yield to the Holy Spirit, things change. Well beyond what you could have planned, way beyond what you could have practiced, way beyond your skill level, things just happen. And you can't explain it. You can't explain it at all. Pastor John had a fantastic testimony where he walked into a new job as a student, and they had this math equation up on the board that they were trying to figure out for years. And he walked in and said, hey, you forgot a bracket. And they're, they're dumbfounded. Is that because Pastor John is extremely intelligent? Well, yes, he is. He's a very smart guy, I can tell you, as a son. Of course he is. But that was Holy Spirit anointing. Things change. Things change around you. Not by your efforts, but by the spirit that you carry within you. We receive power from the Holy Spirit. Power. It says in Acts 1.8, in the Amplified Version, but you shall receive power. Power, yeah, power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's not just some fancy thing that that you experience. No, this is power. Power comes on you. Mm. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would come upon you as you yield to him. His power increases as it moves through you. His ability, his efficiency, his might all become yours when you're yielding and surrendering to him. When you have that power, you get that green light to go. You get the green light to go because you can go because you've given the power. You've been given the authority. You've given every, everything that he has. His authority becomes your authority because he's his indwelling within you. Fantastic. When the Holy Spirit begins to reveal his presence to you, he starts to develop the fruit from you as well too. You become sensitive to his ways. And as a result, you rise to new dimensions of power and testimony of Holy Spirit you know, moving through you, just come, continue to come. It's amazing. God, God does amazing things through you and in you when you're yielded to His Holy Spirit. And again, you can't explain it, but you know it's God. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with Him. I know in my life, uh, I was led down to do things, even in my job, that were like, I don't know how I'm doing this or why I'm doing this or why I've been picked to do this, but God's put me here, so I'm just going to walk in it. And He blesses you from it. He blesses when you ever you yield himself. It's always, it can be scary. It's not always easy. <laughs> People know that, right? It's not going to be a, a cakewalk sometimes. It might be difficult, but God gives you everything that you need to get. Actually, go and do what he, the work that he's called you to do. He gives you everything that you need. All amazing stuff. So why is it so hard to do? <laughs> That's the case. Why is it so hard? Well, because I know that when we hear the word yield, we want to do the exact opposite. You know, uh, I was thinking about the title of this, this, this message, and like, I wanted to call it something like controlled by the Holy Spirit, but people hate the word controlled. They hate the word control. We don't like the word control, right? We want to do the exact opposite of that. Yielding can be challenging because we are naturally prone to self-determination. We want to do what we want to do it when we want to do it. 
That's what we want. That's what our flesh wants. They want, we want to do it when we want to do it, how we want to do it. It's all up to us. That's, that's our, our flesh wants to control things, right? We do, default to doing what we want. We don't want to do anything that's going to make us accountable to someone else. That's for sure, right? It's funny how often we reject the things that are best for us, isn't it? Because the benefits of yielding to the Holy Spirit and having the Holy Spirit dwell within us are very powerful. How are they powerful? Well, it can completely actually transform our character. I know a few of you here who are completely different people than you were before you met Jesus. Completely different, like 180 different. How many people can actually attest to that as well too? I know some of your testimonies, but yeah, 180, completely different. And I guarantee you, probably when you, you meet some people from your former life, they say, what the heck happened to you? <laughs> and it's great because you know what? That's the testimony in you. Well, I can tell you what happened to me. Here's Jesus, right? That's fantastic. It's amazing. It's amazing. So how does he change us? The Holy Spirit works in our lives to change us actually from the inside out. Hearts of stone to hearts of flesh transforms us. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, helps us understand God's truth, and empowers us to live according to a new set of standards. Not standards of the world, not standards of uh, good people, but what kind of standards? God's standards, which are the truth, right? The process of transformation is actually often referred to as sanctification, right? Which is a powerful thing that happens in us as well, too. It's powerful because as we yield to the Holy Spirit's leading and submit to God's will, the Holy Spirit helps us overcome our sinful tendencies. The Holy Spirit helps us overcome our flesh and replace them with Christ-like qualities instead. So what does he replace them with? What does God replace? He takes all that bad stuff out and he puts a lot of good stuff in. What does he put in? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all good things. They're called fruits of the Spirit for a reason. Oh, you know what I love about, I was just thinking about fruits of the Spirit as well too. I know if you guys have been grocery shopping lately, you've probably gone and, and bought a, a sack of grapes for, you know, $69.99 a pound. <laughs> My kids love grapes, so I always buy them anyways. And the grapes go by fast because the kids just gobble them up because they're like candy, right? But uh, I, I don't know if you know, do you remember when Marg and Fred were over here at the manse, they grew grapes on the side of the fence? Did anyone ever see that? My goodness, they were in abundance. Hallelujah, they must have felt the presence of the high power of the Holy Spirit here and just decided to grow and have fruit over there, right? But here's the one thing, fruit, when it's on the vine and you pick it off, what happens? It comes back. It comes back, right? If you cut it off and you buy the grapes at, uh, at uh, Sobeys, uh, you eat them up and what's left over? Just the sticky old stems, right? And they're just garbage. You just throw them out. But when it's attached to the vine, like we are, it grows. It's abundance. Just like the grapes over at the manse. They're probably going to grow again this summer just because they were there before. They just keep growing. They keep coming. There's fruit upon fruit upon fruit upon fruit upon fruit. Fruits of the Spirit, they keep coming. There's never enough. It just keeps coming. It just keeps growing. Hallelujah. Who wants to be attached to the vine? 
Yeah. I don't want fruit that's just there for one season. That's just there for one meeting. That's just there for one little session. I want fruit that just keeps coming over and over and over again. It keeps building up. Abundance. Hallelujah. We have to get that this transformation of character within us. It's not done in one meeting, quite the opposite. It's actually a lifelong process. It's a lifelong process, but as we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, we become more and more like Jesus, both in our attitudes and in our actions. Amen? Who wants to be more like Jesus? Ultimately, the goal of this transformation or sanctification is to help us become the people God actually created us to be. That was said in the prophetic word this morning. I want to show you who you're meant to be. Help us become who we're meant to be, the people that God created us to be so that we can fulfill our God-given purpose and live a life that's pleasing to Him as well, too. The Holy Spirit's a powerful tool in this process, and when we yield to Him, we experience the joy and peace of living in harmony with God's will. There's nothing like it. You wonder why so many people feel so unfulfilled in their lives? It's because they're not living according to the will that God has for their lives, and they don't understand it. They don't understand why that's not there, but when it's revealed to you, you get it. And when you're walking in line with His will, there's nothing like there's There's a freedom. There's a peace that comes on you that's unlike anything else. Nothing else in this world can, can compare to it. Nothing. Thank you, Lord. So I guess the question this morning is this. Do you want to walk intimately with God? Do you want to know Him deeply? And do you want to experience fully His presence and this power in your life? If you do, the secret lies in today's word, yield. Okay, well, how do we yield? Well, the Lord has revealed this to us in how He has spoken to us prophetically. We know this much. To yield, you have to surrender to the Holy Spirit. You have to trust the Holy Spirit. And you have to follow the Holy Spirit. We surrender to God in love, knowing He loves us so deeply more than, than we love ourselves. Surrendering is, is the red light. We stop living for ourselves. No, no other Christian action is more important, more difficult than giving Him our will. It's a holy surrender, and it's a beautiful thing. And then once surrendered, we yield further to the Holy Spirit by trusting in His abilities rather than our own. Nothing squashes God's power in our lives more than when we try and do things on our own terms, in our own will. And when you get this fact, when you prove it yourself, you realize, really, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by, by the Spirit of God in all things, all things. So how do we yield and trust? You yield to the Spirit when you depend on His wisdom and when you depend on His power to accomplish His will for your life. And finally, yielding to the Spirit is following His leadership. It's the green light. This is when you go, He leads the way, how we should act, behave, speak, and follow. We yield to Him whenever we follow what He tells us to do. Amen? Red light, yellow light, green light. Go. So would you yield to the Spirit today? Do you want to yield to the Spirit today? Hey, you know what? We have an incredible inheritance in this church, in this church movement of supernatural power and ability in the Holy Spirit. We do. It's part of our history. It's part of our DNA. That doesn't mean we don't have to still yield to it, though. It doesn't come automatically. You have to yield to it. You have to yield to it. Here is something that is baffling. Most Christians have little or no knowledge of the fact that these gifts are available to them. Did you know that? It's nothing sadder than that, in my opinion. In fact, it says in 1 Corinthians 2.14 uh, 
that the person with the, the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. That's a bit scary, right? So tell anyone who believes that the Holy Spirit does not move today, show them this verse. Show them that verse. The person with the Spirit, without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit, but considers them foolishness. I hate when people say, well, the Holy Spirit moving, that's just emotion. Well, okay, fine, it's just emotional. God gave me emotion. <laughs> he gave me emotion. And he also told me that I'm, I'm the indwelling of the whole, like the Spirit of God lives within me, so that's not just emotion. And I understand it because I've experienced it. No one can, no one can challenge your experience. So you have to yield yourself to receive that experience. Amen? You know, I feel like uh, as a parent, my vocabulary has been, has been greatly decreased. You ever feel that way? As a parent, your, your vocabulary actually starts to shrink a little bit, and it seems like now the, the most used word in my vocabulary is no. You might have experienced that as well, too. And, you know, so many believers have just said no to the Holy Spirit. They haven't yielded themselves to it. What a tragedy. Because there's so much more you can have. You can't say no. You can't say no. Far too many of us, you know, live our whole lives without truly learning how to yield to the Holy Spirit. And the ability to yield is not, it's not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of wisdom. It's a sign of wisdom and a sign of obedience as well, too. You don't have to have it your way. You can have it His way, because His way is the best way. Amen? It's time to yield to God. Are you with me this morning? Hallelujah.